Welcome everyone, my name is Charles Ganey and I am the wild card of your heist movie podcast. I'm with my co-host, the inside man, Leo Brady, aka a movie guy, and we are Scene Stealers. Theme song, Leo. Leo? Theme song? Nicholas Cage. What's going on, sir? How are you? I'm good, man. Dude, the, the fact that we've been recording these, like, the week of release has led me to feel like I don't talk to you for, like, months. I know. But the exciting part is it's Scary Movie Month. It is Scary Movie Month, and we... It's officially October. It is officially October. Uh, We have a few, you know, up our sleeves. Yeah. We got some some Halloween stuff coming. Yeah, we got uh, Panic Room. What else we got? Don't Breathe. Don't Breathe. Yeah, that's some good ones. We got some movies that are ripe for the Halloween heist. Is how I yeah, would say. Yeah, the Halloween picking, if you will. Yes. Uh, how are you doing, Charles? I'm pretty good, man. Yeah. Yeah. Getting here, getting uh, to my favorite season, the fall season, the best season for fashion. <laughs> yes. And long sleeves, which I enjoy. Sweater um, weather, right? Yeah, sweater weather. Uh, you know, I love a good cardigan. Yes, you do. Um, but I'm good, man. Yeah, just uh. Same old little girls crawling now. Um, Sweet. A little bit of I feel like we talk. hit a milestone every time we, we do a podcast. Uh, yeah, man. It's good. Life that's is how, good. That's how it's going to be. My son uh, is he's amazing. He's five. He's getting bigger every day. He's getting that chased. He is. He's getting chased by girls now. Wow. At school. So... And I laugh really hard because I say, I'm like, ooh, is so-and-so going to chase you today? And he's like, dad, shut up. <laughs> That's his response to me. So She doesn't like me. He's already embarrassed. Um uh, Yeah, that, but dad talk, yeah, that's good. Um, finished Succession. What a great show. Might, I'm trying to might trying be to, o- overtaking Breaking Bad, but not overtaking The Sopranos. Yeah, and you haven't watched The Wire yet, so okay. So they're it's all, they're all up there. They're all up there. Yeah, I, it's hard to rank them. I mean, I just appreciate them, and uh, I'll rewatch them from time to time as like a capsule uh, time capsule appreciation. Right, uh, you need to get on the wire. It's it's uh it's up there with those for sure. Yeah, well, and now we're watching. We're currently getting through the fall of the House of Usher, 
speaking oh, of okay. S- okay. scary movies, scary movie time. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, it follow. It's the follow up um, to uh, Midnight Mass and The Haunting of Hill House that was on Netflix okay. as well. Uh, so that's good. I just got back from Fantastic Fest. That was which good. which I came that which was a great time. I didn't see many movies that I didn't like, which is always a plus. And I did come away with two new heist movies that I want us to put on our radar. That's a beautiful thing. One is a movie called Your Lucky Day. Ooh, okay. Which is a movie where um it's directed by a guy by the name of Dan Brown. I interviewed him and the lead actress Jessica Garza. You can you can actually watch that interview on a movieguy.com. Um it features one of the last performances of the actor from Euphoria, Angus Cloud, who recently passed away, sadly, yep. at a at a way too young age. I think he was only like twenty-five. Um, but that's a heist movie that involves a guy who finds out that he's hit the jackpot with his lottery ticket right while he's in the convenience store and oh yeah you mentioned that last time yeah yeah yeah. yeah, and this guy decides to rob him point blank in the convenience store and it turns into sort of a whole bunch of people coming in on how to decide if they can get away with covering up some people getting murdered and taking the mega million lottery ticket for themselves. Uh, so that's pretty my kind, cool. My kind of movie. But but my favorite, I, I my second favorite, it's my second favorite movie that I left Austin uh, and left Fantastic Fest scene was, my second favorite was this movie called The Last Stop in Yuma County. And I can't recommend it enough. Nick it Papa is, Giorgio from Yuma? Correct. It is it is incredibly intense. It's sort of that kind of reservoir dogsy, a bunch of guys getting stuck in a diner. Two of these guys have robbed a bank. They don't want to get found out. You just have to see it to see how it all unfolds kind of thing. Very intense. Really the cast is great. It's a cast of actors that like it's a, it's a whole bunch of like character actors that you would know just by seeing them. Jim Cummings and Richard Brake. Um, totally. It, it's very much a Coen Brothers kind of movie. And I also interviewed the director, Francis Galupi. And he's he's the real deal. I think he's going to have a really it's I think it was his first feature and he's going to have a fantastic career. So those were the two heist movies that I came with. Uh from Fantastic Fest that I definitely recommend. Love that. Yeah, let's get let's definitely get on that. I wanna... Yeah, we can add those to our schedule down the line when they get released. That's great, and... man. I'm, gl- I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, it was seemed, good. Seemed like it was. And the other only other notables is uh, writers' strike ended recently, which is great yep. thing. Um, very, very good thing. And then on the bad side, uh, we've had a pretty miserable four weeks uh as bears fans so yeah that's all i really like to say about that uh um, right and and sadly your chicago cubs collapsed 
So, yes. so sports in Chicago and the White Sox hit 101 losses. So sports in Chicago, Chicago is absolutely miserable. So that's why we're here to talk about heist movies. That's yes, it. let's go. Let's go. <laughs> On that note, let's get into the vault. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um let me let me go first. I got a I got a good one I've been waiting to talk about. Uh, and you're talking about a movie that I have not seen, so you're taking it out of the vault. So I'm interested to see if you will put it back into the vault or just discard it. Yeah, it's a very a newer one, 2023's Meg Two: The Trench. The tagline for this is "New Meg, Old Chum." Um, <laughs> man, I really. I mean, look, the first one's a bad movie, but it's enjoyable. I think both of these, like, they do enough, like, as an action movie where they're, like, entertaining. It's not, like, terrible, terrible action. They do, like, you know, they do enough to get by, right? Right. David Statham does his thing. Um, You know, this one is, uh, like, I I think it was his partner that died in the first one. Spoiler. (laughs) Oh. So it was it was uh, their child that is left behind, um, and then uh, his brother-in-law, and like it's basically about this young girl who wants to do the same thing Jason Statham's doing, um, explore the sea. Uh, the brother-in-law has they basically they have one Meg that's basically in there like encapsulated. They have it like. Um, under wraps like it's in SeaWorld and shit. And Jason Statham's like, we can't do this. this Megs don't, can't be trained, all this. And of course, when the, the first time they go uh, down to the seafloor without it, the Meg breaks loose and all hell breaks loose. There's a new giant octopus animal that's cre- like that comes out. Then there's like a monster Meg. Um, I don't know. It's not not great, but it's like uh, <laughs> it. And, and if I'm being honest, it is very much of the same movie as, as the, the first one. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about this. Movies like franchises like The Meg and Jurassic Park. It's very difficult for them to like expand. Expand because like how much. More scarier can you make these characters? What else can you do except for like make a variation of that animal, like make multiple of them? You know what I mean? Like, unless you're really getting into the story on it, which none of these movies do, uh, it's 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 hard. Um, But I enjoyed it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It was like a good bad. Like, actually, I wouldn't call it a good bad movie. It was a bad bad movie, but it was it was entertaining. It was. Um, did you put this on in the background, or did you actually yeah. focus on this and watch it? Yeah, I put it on the background. Oh, see, that makes sense. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah. It, it's. It definitely seems like that kind of movie. This is oddly enough directed by Ben Wheatley, the Trench yep. Two, who is a director who ha- I've like given a little bit more credit towards than like than stooping to doing this. Like he did a movie called Free Fire. He did a movie called. Um, High, I think it's like high rise. He's done. He's yep. done like like a bunch of like cool sort of like darker 
horror films as well. Kill List, I think, is another one he did. Uh, and this is not in his wheelhouse. So I don't know like what heaven. brought him to, to make this Paycheck. movie. Obviously. Paycheck, yeah. So I'll say, but, I'll say this. Uh, okay. It's better than I expected it to be. So I'll, okay. I'll, I'll give him that. Like I expected it to be like bottom barrel bad. But yeah. it was it was it was actually not terrible. I mean, it yeah. was terrible, but it wasn't like right. terrible, terrible. Right. Um, it, it, it served its purpose of like being mind numbing and dumb. For sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Uh, um, I, I heard a lot of people say that they saw this movie in the 4X, which is like the movie experience where like water will splash up at you and stuff like that. This ooh, that's that'd a, be pretty cool. I was going to say, that sounds like the only way to see this movie, and it probably would have been the only way to make it good. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah. I will say there was this one cool sequence where there are multiple Megs, um, and they uh, uh, they these animals had gotten close to this. <laughs> I can't believe that I'm describing this right now. They had gotten close to this uh, resort island called Fun Island, um, and, uh, Jason Statham was trying to lead them out to the water so he can kill them with these handmade explosive spears that he made. Um, and that sequence where he was like sticking them with the, with the, like the spears that he, that he made explosive was, was a pretty cool sequence. But, uh, other than that, I would say, uh, put it back in not, the vault, not recommend, not yeah. recommend. put it back in the vault, not yeah. Not yeah. necessary to see. I think uh, if you saw Meg One, you're good to go. So. Well, was this Fun Island actually an island, or was it a peninsula? It. it I don't, that's a great question. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> uh, all right. What was your? All right. Well, I think I think we're lockstep in sort of our theme of movies that we're taking out of the vault. So my movie this. Uh-oh. Well, no. Okay. So I am first of all. Let me tell the audience what we're taking out of the vault this week. What I'm taking out of the vault is also a 2023 movie. It's called Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, which comes out this weekend, October 6th on Paramount Plus. And this is a prequel uh, to Stephen King's original Pet Cemetery. Basically, uh, I've actually never read the Pet Cemetery book. I've only seen the movies, Pet Cemetery, the, the original Pet Cemetery and Pet Cemetery 2. And then I saw the remake, Pet Cemetery, which I did not like. I did not like the remake. I like the original. I think the second one even has sort of its own kind of cool style to that one as well. Uh, this one is what I like to call good trash. Like, and and maybe it's not even on the trash scale, but it's like I would describe this as a in the 90s. It would have been a direct to HBO movie that you caught at like 1030 at night yeah. and you were like, <laughs> I'm going to watch this because it's just good horror. It's going to be sort of like kind of ridiculous in times and you're going to have parts of it that are bloody and that, that work. And I actually do think this is the kind of movie that would be good for audiences to kick off scary movie month. It is 
an unnecessary prequel to the to the Pet Cemetery story. We we're catching up with a young Judd Crandall, uh, who's being played. Uh, the actor's name is Jackson White, and the supporting cast is ridiculous. It's got Henry Thomas from E.T., David Duchovny. Pam Greer and Samantha Mathis, like all actors that I'm just like, okay, a, did they have like a dartboard and, or like a wheel and just spin the wheel. And these are the actors that they landed on. I don't know, but somehow it kind of works. It makes it all feel so random and ridiculous. And it follows the common sort of tropes of like Stephen King movies of, people living in a small town and and one person wanting to get out of that town. But the history of death that has been happening in this town has caused there to be sort of a evil spirit that hovers over it. And people that have been buried in this town end up coming back to life. You know, like they end up basically rising from the dead in a way and sort of being hollow husks of what their original selves were. They're really kind of like demons. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, the some of the scares are, you know, cruddy and like, gore, like not gory, but like good blood, good sort of like, it's not sort of trying to cheap it with jump scares or anything like that. It just shows you the things that are going to happen. And I I enjoyed it. I was shocked that I enjoyed it. Maybe it was because I was experiencing the buzz of Fantastic Fest and like yeah, having, <laughs> having a good time, right? Because like honestly, I would tell you, I am in the minority on this one. A lot of my fellow film critics have all just been like, oh, this is such trash and not good. I don't know. <laughs> I just kind of like went with it. I had a good time. It it for, it certainly nails the tone and the setting and the costumes and the masks and the creepiness of it all. Uh, and yeah, I enjoyed it. I interviewed the director, Lindsay, Lindsay Anderson beer as well after I had seen the movie and, oh, cool. and, and she is like uh, totally cool. This is, was her first feature. And, you know, I'm also kind of a sucker for Stephen King horror and this was just sort of right up my alley. So yeah, so Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, it's gonna be on Paramount Plus this weekend on Friday, October sixth. And uh yeah, I say take it out of the vault and then put it back in because you might want to watch it again. So yeah, I recommend this one. Ooh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Look at you. I know. Right. It's like I it's, can't say, I can't say uh, I'm looking forward to watching it, but uh <laughs> I I know you're not a horror guy and you're not a pet cemetery guy either. No, no I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> have you ever seen the original? No. Oh man, it's it's great. It's but so I do good. have Paramount Plus, so who knows? There you go. There you go. All right. We got an alert from the da 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 the heist movie news desk. We have a uh, a unsettling report today from Unfortunately, the Chicago Bears, uh, last week they had $100,000 worth of equipment stolen from Soldier Field. Um, <laughs> in a week where it was a it was a terrible week, a lot of things happened. Defensive coordinator resigned, swirling Stories. unsavory rumors. Um, yep. yep. 
some questioning of the coaching style. It was a, it was a rough week. And to top it off, uh, there was a report that somebody broke the defense, stole high-end equipment, um, gators, which are like golf courts that can carry a lot of equipment. <laughs> yep. Uh, and a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment. So um, they have not. They're like utility terrain vehicles. Um, they have not revealed like any evidence to come out of that. But what right. a crazy thing to happen. We both, me and you, both have worked with sports teams, right? So we know how difficult it is to like, uh, yeah, steal something like that. I mean, there are cameras everywhere. Everywhere within a stadium. Right. Also, like, by the way, I mean, between me and you and, you know, I, there's no way to verify this. But, you know, the, those vehicles, they probably have uh, in, a, in a couple of different spots. But I don't know that you know where they are unless you work for <laughs> right? the team. And, or maybe and- you're like, a da- I mean, there's like hundreds of daily staff at these games. So it could be a daily staff. Right. But like my first instinct was like, this is an inside job. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also too, the, there's always the fact too, that like you're typically required to take the keys out of the vehicle that you're operating. So if they were able yep. to even like have a key to drive a gator away. Yeah. They could have hotwired it, I guess, if you know how to uh, do yeah, that. But. I guess so. I mean, but I, I, I want to know more details about, like, how they got it out. Because, like, where are you driving this stuff? Like, if you drive it down Lakeshore Drive, somebody's going to see you. Like, did they put it did they put it in a van? Right. Um, did they, like, load everything into a van? And they had to be wearing, like, masks and everything. So, like, right. the idea that this would happen and they'd get away with it is kind of crazy to me. And, well, and all of their fencing, right, is, like, locked up, gated, Either yep. like on on alarm systems, things of that nature. Yep. Don't get it. Don't get how like, they would be able to get past all that. I don't care if you've been to the place a million times. Like, if you break into this thing at night, I've been. I've worked there at Soldier Field before, and right. you and like, it's huge. Like, if you're going in there to to like do a job, it would be like very intimidating to try to find where this is at. And it, I think it would be very difficult to do unless you, unless you know where they're at. So like, <laughs> Charles, maybe you're the inside man. I mean, you did you have worked at Soldier Field before? <laughs> it's been it's been over a decade, so I think yeah, they've changed things up, maybe. You or so we hope. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So yeah, pretty good one though. Unfortunate, unfortunate for our bears though. Yeah, that's just embarrassing at this embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On that note, da, 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 da. we got that from the ATN news desk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. You ready to uh, crack the safe and get into our main feature? This is 2000s Gone in 60 Seconds. Dominic Senna's Gone in 60 Seconds. There you go. Um, starring Nicolas Cage, Angelina Jolie, uh, Giovanni Ribisi, you got Scott Kahn, uh, oh, and my guy Delroy Lindo. Um, Delroy. Yeah. MV- well, I don't know if he's MVP. We'll talk about this. We'll talk about that. He's uh, up there. Timothy Oliphant, Will Patton, 
Robert Duvall. Yep. Shy McBride. Yeah. Vin, I mean, Vinnie, Vinnie Jones. Good pretty cast. Pretty big cast. Some of those, are, you know, are a smaller role. Even Duvall is a little bit of a smaller role. So, Man. But yeah. Some, some, some hitters, though. Yep. This is, um, you know, a movie that... Hold on. We need to preface this. A movie that I had said I had never seen on this show. And then I go back and I look and... I clearly had watched this movie in 2017. So, A, I'm coping with senility. And B, and B, it's not a great sign that I didn't remember it the first time. But it's also a good sign because I like this movie more than the first time I had reviewed it on my Letterboxd account. So. That's fair. That's fair. I, don't know, I don't know what that all says, but. Uh, this was, this felt like a fresh watch for me. That's all I know. Oh, maybe, I, maybe the first time I had watched it had been late at night on my Netflix account or something like that while I was Possibly. like, bef- before I was going to sleep and I just didn't remember it much, but, uh, you know, this is, this is pretty solid heist. This is like a different heist. That's for sure. Yeah. This is my. If I had to put a number out there, probably fifteenth time seeing it. <laughs> I, not in, not including like bits and pieces you've watched on TBS or TNT, right? I mean, if I watch bits and yeah, I don't know, that's tough. Uh, I would say it's not the full movie every time. I mean, like, right? Uh, but I would say it's most of the movie. I, I usually once I start watching it, I'll finish it, but. Um, one of my favorite heist movies. Like I do think like it's uh it's just like the idea, the story of this is like, it's a perfect, like the, the like a perfect setup for a heist really. You know what I mean? Like the, the, you know, all of the tropes you can think of, like the, the eldest brother walked away from the game to save, save his youngest brother. But his right. younger brother ended up in the game anyways, and he's got to come back and save him. And, uh, and then you introduce the crew. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's, uh, I love the setup and uh, the style of it is very entertaining and and fast. And it provides, like, a very entertaining watch. So Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's also, I'm going to be, like, a little bit of the devil's advocate guy on this movie. There's really no well listen, there's not much to this movie. This this isn't a very it it deepens itself within the fact that like like you said, it is a older brother who got out of the game coming back to help his younger brother who is in trouble with a mobster of some kind, right? But I would make the argument that outside of Nicolas Cage You've got a really big cast here that is not entirely used to their fullest abilities. And even if that's the case, it doesn't really matter. Like, like Angelina Jolie's character is non-existent, basically. She, she is there for what feels like not a lot of time. Yeah, Robert Robert uh, Robert Duvall is basically kept inside the garage, right? But yet, but yet Robert Duvall brings a lot of great charm to his role. So yeah, it's I a love lot that. of big here. I mean, it's like a lot of our heist movies. I think like 
these characters um, that are not the that are not um, Memphis and Kip Reigns are right. like really like side characters in the heist. And so it's like it's Nicolas Cage, Giovanni Ribisi, uh, Delroy Lindo are, are like uh, all the main characters. Um, right. You know, like I think those are the three. And then uh, I don't know the guy's name who plays Raymond Coley Tree. Um, but those are really the three. And then Will Patton as Atlee. Um, yeah. And then everybody else is a character on the heist team. Uh, but yeah, some some big names there, of course, obviously. So, but but they all also don't really uh, fit into our typical heist archetypes either, though, right? Like N- some, some, like you got my guy TJ Crossway at the top, in the top five tech guys, right? Um, uh, and then like you know, we had a lot of drivers, a lot of drivers. I I, I had Memphis in my top five drivers. Yes, uh, that's yeah, a good. Everybody else is. That's a good choice. Now that I look yeah. back at that, that is a very good choice on this one. We'll talk about that later because I feel strong, even stronger about that after rewatching. Okay, all right. Um, let's let's uh, let's talk about the beginning because my wife mentioned this, and I think she's like spot on. Is like, I wish more movies made credits like this movie did it. Like they had. Uh, uh, bring Sally up, bring bring Sally down, like a banger in the in the front. They're going across the pictures, kind of telling you a little bit of the story of these characters before we even get started. Uh, it gives you a little bit of family history there. Um, he's a he's a race he loved. They love race cars. They even give you a trophy. Uh, I love the credits. It was pretty good. You, you give him a song like that, gets you gets you going already. With like with poorly photoshopped photos of young Giovanni Ribisi. And- yeah, that was maybe the only bad thing about that. <laughs> I like after when I see all every time I see a movie that has photos like that, I always am wondering where did they get those photos from? Who went through the time to Photoshop that, and what have they done with them? Look, I want a copy. I want a copy. 2000 uh, Photoshop wasn't as like good as it is now. So uh, it was a little, wasn't as great, but (laughs) still, yeah, I get what you're saying. I do like the credits as well. And then it's a banger of a song. Sure. Um, And then you like, you get it. I think that you get right into it where like um, Giovanni Ribisi and his crew, uh, basically they uh, agreed to a, 50 car heist by this uh, local gangster, Raymond Kalitri, and they have been unable to deliver. And it's like three days before the job. And uh, Atlee, it's um, Atlee, who is, is, is like, is Will Patton, who's helping that crew, used to be like a great friend and a part of the crew with um, Giovanni's. Older brother Nick Cage. This is with his Memphis reign. So he goes and visits Memphis, who's out in the sticks teaching young bucks how to race cars and uh, the the music that they do with this uh, with this movie is pretty funny. Like the the score that they do in, in certain moments where he's he's talking 
trying to get sentimental in and, and, and some moments with Memphis and they, they, they bring the music down and they try to, he's trying to convince him to come back and, and help Kip. And, uh, and uh, of course he ends up doing it. Like the, the goal is to steal 50 cars in three days and only man can do it is Memphis reigns. So, um, right. really Leo, the movie starts there. I mean, one of our favorite parts is, the assembling of the crew, and this is this is a pretty good one, I think. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's good. It's it. Oh, it's right. pretty like it, it. It's pretty straightforward. I felt like there's nothing like too flashy about it. Like I, I, I think like what I picked up a lot more on this on this watch, at least, and and sort of um, obviously again, what felt like a first time watch was just how much fun it seems that this group is having and making this movie. Sure. And I do, I do say that it's also kind of one of the first times where Nick Cage is just sort of playing himself. He's very sort of straight in this. Yes. He has the moments of his quirkiness where he does the, the let's some ride. Great, yeah. Some great quirky moments. In great. Yeah. But he's really not like, he's not like going Full cage. He is not rage in the cage. He's he's being cool. He's a cool dude in this movie. And, and I he's th- like, there's one I, moment where he goes full cage. Which moment is that? Is that the two riders don't make a right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that one. That is good. That's a good. Is, was, is that your Nick Cage impression? It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. That that joke definitely. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. Uh yeah, so I mean the but like as I said, I feel like the the crew doesn't sort of like unlike again, this this at, at times can feel a little bit like Ocean's 11 light where where in Ocean's 11 you get characters that really stick out of like what is their specialty and what are the things they do. This movie felt like just a collective group of people all understanding the game, all understanding what is at stake and coming together to do it. I think you're right. Like it's not as defined, but the older crew, like they all know their shit a little bit more than the younger crew, more organized. They know the ins and outs of stealing cars, different ways. I I think as they go along, it's pretty cool to like see some of the different ways that they do and, and steal, like go into the system at, at car dealerships and stuff like that. Um, they know right. it better than the young bucks. The young bucks are like, um, they're like kind of wild, wild west. Some of them like TJ cross has his, like, um, you know, he's got fake f- fingerprints. They, uh, like he does some cool stuff and then they have another, they have like a second tech guy too. Um, but they're right, kind of the young and the guy that hacks the DMV. Yep. And one guy that just orders pizzas. So, right. Right. Um, yeah, and they kind of like re- reveal that right from the get-go, right? When Giovanni Ribisi's plan is to just go into a dealership and just drive it through the window, like yeah. drive the car out out through the window of the dealership. So there's like they don't do it and handle it as smoothly as Memphis's crew and Memphis's team of uh, of thieves would handle it. Um, the, thing, the thing is, is it's probably pretty truthful of like how you know people would actually be stealing cars yeah you know what i mean like it's not going to be like perfect right. like uh at least the second the younger crew is probably a little bit more accurate to how people would be doing it today so correct 
Um, but when they, they go through, I, I liked when they were picking up the crew, like they, they go to a uh, shy McBride. Um, they show him his life now is at the DMV and he leaves immediately cause he's over it. Uh, he visits, uh, Robert Duvall as auto who's running just a, uh, used to run a chop shop and, and now he's just running a mechanic shop. shop. Um, and, uh, but you know, he's there with his wife. He's growing old. He's got his dog. Um, but he wants to help Memphis and help Kip so he doesn't die. And then, you know, all these people have moved on, you know, after Memphis moved away, like they all moved on. Even Angelina Jolie is sway is now bartender. She's also a mechanic. Um, and, uh, my guy Sphinx is like, uh, uh, I don't know what he is. He's a mortician. He works in. His, yeah. A, is he a mortician? Is that yeah, what he some, is? yeah. I mean, he honestly is just like, he's what I guess you would call your wild card, right? I mean, he kind of comes in like a, like a sledgehammer and busts things up and blows a car up and. But he doesn't speak. So but he doesn't like speak. Weird, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He yeah, never says anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the crew. Like, and, and basically like, uh, and then the young bucks, um, Kip Reigns, Giovanni, Urbisi's crew, which is uh, the Mirror Man, TJ Cross, Scott Kahn is Tumblr. You got William Lee Scott is Toby, and James Duvall is Freb. Um, all these guys want to be involved so they can help save Kip. Basically, if they don't seal these cars, Raymond Kalitri has threatened Kip's life. So, um, and, and Christopher. Christopher Eccleston plays Raymond Kalitri. Uh And so everybody's in and they join old and new. And I don't know, I kind of enjoyed that part where like, you know, the, the, the different parts where like uh, kind of fish out of water stuff where they don't mix and, but they do mix. They, they, they finally like get it, get it done. And the first right. day or so is, um, well, first of all, before they get started, they do their routine, the the routine, their uh, tradition. It's where they stand around and play lowrider, and uh, <laughs> this is a this is a a Nick Cage moment where he's uh, in his bag and he's like, "Lowrider, Donnie, nothing, Donnie, lowrider," and they turn it on and everybody's just jamming. But the young bucks are like, "What the fuck is this?" Uh, and Shy McBride puts his hat on. It's just a cool, it's just such a cool scene. Hello, Ryder, Donnie. Donnie, hello, Ryder. Yeah, it's like it's kind of the um, I'm trying to think. It's like it's like their walk up music in baseball, or for like, sure, for sure, right? Like it's like their prep music for getting ready to do the jobs and and ready to do the stealing. That's um, right. Yeah, and honestly, truth be told, the soundtrack, the entire soundtrack on this this movie it's is good. awesome. Yeah. 
It's one of the tops, honestly. Yep. Um, meanwhile, all this is going on. You got your your heist movie cop, Delroy Lindo, plays Detective Ro- What a great name, Roland Castleback. Uh, Very good. This 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 movie is also chock full of great names. Memphis Reigns is a top ten heist movie character. Yeah, name, it's really good. You got Kip Reigns. Yeah. You got. Atlee Jackson, uh, Donnie Asterky, Otto Halliwell, like these names. And then the the secondary detective is Tim, Timothy Oliphant, and he's Detective Drykoff. Um, and these two catch wind that uh, uh, old Memphis Reigns in town, Memphis. and they they yep. they stop him, and the. The dialogue between these three is pretty good. Uh, like, Delroy Lindo's kind of digging because he's heard about this 50-car uh, contract that needs to be done. And he's digging to see if Memphis is involved. But he knows Memphis is involved, especially if Kip's, right. Kip's uh, hasn't got it done. And it's pretty funny because it just ends up like with the two detectives arguing. <laughs> yeah. Right, and and him like making a comment about his wife, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Don't talk about my wife." Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty funny. So you know, Delroy Lindo's coming, and he's yeah. coming from Memphis. And and the thing about Detective Roland Castleback is uh, he knows his cars too. So, uh, right. you know, he was trying to show off his his chops, his know how as we like move forward in the movie. Um, well, what I know- love. About- what I love about about Lindo's performance here too, I have to bring this up, is that it it becomes like a chess game, right? It becomes this like odd chess game. For and, sure. And Delroy is typically even a better actor than what this performance is even needed. And he makes it so smooth. So like almost like he's enjoying the hunt and enjoying the study. Oh, of these sure. guys just as much as he wants to get them, right? I love that. Yeah, it's one of the, it's one of the things where he he likes Memphis. Like he likes Memphis, he likes uh like how Memphis knows his shit about cars and he's like a professional about it. Like you could tell the whole right. movie that he enjoys uh he enjoys uh Memphis's professionalism as a, like he, he almost, you know what I mean? Right, right. Like he's not like a shithead that's just <laughs> doing yeah. it the front, you know what I mean? Right. He's so, and, like this, and and too, he's been like told to like stay away from Kalitri because like he his deal is like auto th- is like theft and like drugs. Drugs and stuff like that. But they're saying to stay away from him because he's like got, they're gonna get him on homicide as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um yeah, right. you know, those interdepartmental uh things yeah. in high school movies are like or any Cop movie where they're like, you got to stay right, away. Right. You know, uh, right. This is our case. Yeah. Murder investigation trumps uh, car theft. Yeah. Uh, Grand theft auto. <laughs> um, of course, Detective Roland Castleback doesn't stay away. And, um, you know, you said at a chess match, some really cool moments where, like, um, he figures out, like, when they're putting all the cars on the board, all 50 cars on the board, they... They name them after uh, ladies. They uh, uh, so when they're on the 
on the wire talking about them. Nobody's white. Nobody's a wiser. Not naming cars specifically, but um, women's names. Um, so he figures this out. They have it like a black light where you can only see the specific ink from the seventies. Right. Uh, Del Orlando figures it out like right away, and yeah. he knows that there's only so much time they can get. So he's on them. He's he's like in it. The, the next three days and watching yeah. them. So well, well, and here let me let me preface this. Let's go back just a little bit here, okay? So the plan is for them to steal fifty cars, and they have three days to do yep. it. But it ends up turning into three fifty cars in basically twenty four hours. Now, the my I'm going to talk about this a lot. My okay. one of my biggest beefs about this movie is nobody ever goes to sleep. This movie, <laughs> this movie has a bunch of guys. They have to be running on fumes, much like their cars. They're running on fumes because they never go to sleep. I don't understand like how they're able. I I think this movie defies the laws of time. But in saying that, I think you're also just not supposed to care. You're not supposed to care about how ridiculous it is because what they're trying to do, in my opinion, I do not think is physically possible. I disagree with this because I, like you, I recently have had a child and I have been up for 72 hours straight. And when I was going to go to bed at the end of the 72 hours. I looked like Nick Cage looked at the end of this movie. <laughs> okay, that might be true. You take 80 from 120 and we make a deal. That's how I was. Yeah, well, all I'm saying is nobody sleeps. I don't think even 50 in 24 hours is physically possible. I, but you are not supposed to care I, as the viewer. I think you're not supposed to care. I think <laughs> when when uh, a family member is about to die, you can make that you can make it work. I get what you're saying. I think uh, I think it's doable though. I, I'm very aware of the like the premise of of like moving on adrenaline and yeah, going yeah, yeah. on pure adrenaline, and that's what's going on for these guys. I get it. Again. <laughs> Again, I don't think it's physically Fair. possible. Like, I, I'm just going to call like, that out. be as detailed at the end of it, maybe. is Yes. Yeah. Like, again, or or even, like, not even, like, falling asleep at the wheel, maybe. Maybe somebody would fall asleep while driving no. a car. Here's the thing. All you got to do is put on lowrider, and you're, you're good to uh, go. True. But also, too, nobody's, like, doing cocaine or even drinking coffee or, like, there's also that. Like, if, if, like, I saw them doing copious amounts of cocaine, even though they do find a car that has heroin in it, yeah. I, I still would be questioning their ability to stay up for what I believe is 72 hours, as you said. It's, like, three days straight Yeah, that so they relatively the stay, stay awake. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I so with the three days, they have three days, and they want to start right away. But like, Memphis recommends that they scout for two days because with that short amount of time, if they he knows that 
um, the detectives already know that they're in town. If right. they uh, if they start in the first day, by the third day, like they'll already get caught and they'll already be on all of the cars. Yeah, like they'll be they'll be on ahead of time. And there's no chance that they'll do it. So right. he proposes to do it all in one night, which on its merits seemed to be like uh, pretty reasonable. I think they could have slept in the first two days because they really weren't stealing any cars. Then they were just scouting. Right, scout. You just got 50 cars in two days and get okay. some sleep. Okay. Um, maybe. Now that we're talking it out, I think I think we might have figured something out there. Okay. Maybe. Mm, I'm still debating on this. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, but there's a bunch <laughs> of like, a bunch of cool moments during this. I think like the introduction of Eleanor, um, which is uh, Memphis's Rain, Memphis Reigns unicorn car. Yeah. It's um it's a GT GT500. Yeah, it's yeah. 500, yep. It's a, and, you know, they pull up, it's like five of them. He's talking to it like it's his ex-girl and, like, like caressing it. And, you know, apparently he's tried to steal it a few different times and didn't treat him right. Um, side note, did you know that this is a remake? What? Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah. Gone in 60 Seconds is a remake from 1974 um a little bit different south american drug lord uh pays to get 48 cars stolen from him um ultimately the guy that steals it uh his his last car is eleanor so they oh. kept that the same it wasn't all the same but they kept that part the same um man so, see yeah 19 1974 you said that's it. Yeah, dude. All right. Looks like we've got a uh looks like we've got a remake to to put on the list eventually. Yeah, this is one of those moments where they do let look a little bit of a chess match because you know, Delroy had found that list and he sees Eleanor on the list and uh and so he's like, Oh, yeah. I know he's gonna wait for her, so we're gonna we're gonna put eyes on her at the end of the at the end of the night and then we'll catch him. That's where we're gonna catch him. So. Um, I, I do have to say too, you gotta check out the original. The original has some excellent posters. It says the poster for the original says his business is stealing cars. When he goes to work, the excitement starts and goes and goes and goes. See <laughs> 93 cars destroyed in the most incredible chase chase ever filmed. You can lock your car, but if he wants it, it's gone in 60 seconds. <laughs> Apparently, um, one so of the- we, we have to watch the original, man. Now I'm like more interested in the original. <laughs> For sure. Apparently, one of the signs um, when uh, TJ Cross is trying to, they're in the car garage and he's trying to distract the guy with the Barbie. Really hilarious scene. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a sign in the back that says, like gone in sixty seconds. That is from the first movie. Oh, uh, that's cool! What the trivia said, but that scene, by the way, ridiculous. Th- this movie uh, won a Blockbuster Entertainment Award. Angelina Jolie, favorite actress. Nicolas Cage was nominated for favorite actor. It was also nominated for the MTV Movie Award. In 2001 for best action sequence. So, hmm. big, big, big awards that came out of Gone in 60 Seconds. 
I can see it. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, a lot, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of little details within this heist. Like, you know, some of that probably doesn't need to get talked about, but like stuff with like this different kinds of cars. Um, they named but, them all after after women. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Um, I mean, the Cadillacs. Were, like, there's a, a couple of moments where they they, um, or the detectives could catch them, and and they just like, uh, or Delroy visits the shop, the shop, and Pizza Boy, who they said couldn't do anything, stole a a car filled with heroin, and they almost get caught. Um, you know, some uh, dumb moments, but it's it's a. Yeah, I think that the lead up is pretty good, but the night of is a pretty good, um, I think yes. a pretty good, uh, like basically montage of, of icing these cars. So, yes. Yeah. I, I, I think that that's like the best part. I think this movie has great energy to it, like in the ending, because like you, you don't slow down with what they're doing. You keep going with where they're going. As you said, the montages of cars getting stolen gets cooler and cooler. And then like, and it keeps building and building to what is a pretty solid chase sequence in the end where he's sort of avoiding. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get there. We'll yeah. Get there. Yeah. Right, so. But, but like, so it, it does have really good energy to it. Starting from it, it's a gradual increase, right? It's, it, yeah. it, it starts a little bit slower, but then like once, once it really gets into the night of, of jacking all 50 cars, that's where it's, this movie is kind of humming. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we didn't really get into was the, the gangster that has made this threat, Raymond Kalichery, uh, Memphis visits him and tries to talk him out of it. You could tell he's like about his business. He almost kills Kip, but he's got like a quirk that he loves wood. Um, it's <laughs> yeah. really weird. Very weird. Uh, yeah. Just one of the weird things in this movie that is probably unnecessary, but <laughs> right. Right. But you know, you could tell like once if this doesn't get done, that Kip's done. So yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, um, so when we get to the night of the heist and there's a lot of, a lot of cool scenes where they're like, there was one where they're getting some like Ferraris, I think, where they like steal basically like 10 cars from the garage and they lead them all out at the same time. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, they go get some Hummers. Um, there's a, a sex scene or a sexual scene between, uh, Nick Cage and Angelina Jolie, where they're watching somebody, in the house have sex waiting for them to like close the blind so they can get the car. Right. Uh, all sorts of really good scenes that ultimately lead to, uh, the unicorn, Eleanor, which happens to, girl, which happens to eventually be the 50th car, right? The 50th car. He wanted to yep. wait to the end. Yep. And, uh, like you said, it's, it's a really good chase scene. Maybe I didn't put it into words before, but like when I was talking about it, when I was watching my watching it with my wife, it's such a to me. It's such a good chase scene because like it makes it feel like it's like a a part. The car is like a part of Memphis. It's yep. like he's like walking up and down the street. Like there's one point where he comes forward, sees a cop, and backs up as if he's like walking. Uh, yeah. It seems like it's like a part of his body it doesn't really seem like he's driving it's just like 
uh, it's shot it's shot in a way where it looks like it's a part of him, which is I think is so cool. Right. Well, and it also sort of plays back to there's a line that Memphis says is that like you become one with the car and 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 moving with the car is sort of an art to to sort of like gliding and being able to like easily like a butterfly. Yeah, like a butterfly. Exactly. That's it. Uh and so yeah, that that totally makes sense that you were sort of picking up on that and um yeah, the movie like the movie does a good job of like keeping that chase sequence sort of intense. Like it's not, it's not sort of look, you know, to live and die in LA, it's not the French connection or anything like that, but it's definitely, it's definitely a chase sequence that can be appreciated, you know? And I, and I always love, love good chase sequences because honestly, we still don't get enough. We still don't get enough. Yeah. And of course you hit the classic, uh, heist movie trope, the viaducts, Right. Um, you hit that. And you got the, the the Nas the Nas button. Right. The Nas button that says "Go, baby, go." Yeah. Um, you, you've got the um, uh, construction sites that have like barrels and guys moving forklifts that he has to move around, which yep. make it equally exciting and all and, leading and, and, and difficult for the person chasing him. Obviously, all leading to the ultimate. Like apex moment where they get onto the bridge and uh, yes, there's traffic on the bridge. Memphis doesn't know what to do. Uh, cops are going behind him. He sees, by the grace of God, uh, a tow truck that has has its the back <laughs> the back it's of his truck flat, uh, flatbed up. Yeah, down to the road, creating the perfect ramp. Uh, <laughs> And uh, right. that, and then like um, this, uh, the, the musical score is like angels from the sky. It's like ah, <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he takes off, uh, and he jumps the he he takes the ramp from the tow truck and jumps about how I don't know how many rows of cars. Right, it gets banged up. You know, it's getting banged up this whole time, and uh, right. Uh, what did you think of the? I think of the, I la- I laughed pretty hard at that, but it also was like, at that point, I was just like, <laughs> "Yep, let's go." I mean, like, like it, it again. This movie kind of it definitely. This movie is being a little bit tongue in cheek with itself, is it not? I mean, I don't think like. I don't think it's like treating. It's not trying to. I don't think it's trying to win. Uh, yeah, I don't like, think it's trying to win Oscars. But I, I like. Right. I think its goal is to be as entertaining as possible. And when you have right. Nick Cage doing Nick Cage and like doing things like this, uh, it more than achieves it. I think. Like that, I think that's why I, li- I liked it so much over the years. Is it's like once you hit the point where those three days come, you get the crew. Yeah, it's like on it's on for the next like however many minutes like it's nonstop. well i was gonna say too i don't think this movie is like trying to make us really ever think that memphis won't achieve his goal right and i and i think that's where it wins it's not saying you know 
who are you going to root for? Memphis or the police or the bad guy or, you know, like it's your classic sort of. It's always Memphis. It's always Memphis. It's your classic. Like, I do not question whether he's going to achieve stealing 50 cars in, in 24 hours, whether he's going to. Uh, get away from the from the police, or whether he's going to defeat the bad guy. All yeah. I know is I'm just going. I'm going to sit back and watch how he does this, how he achieves getting the fifty cars. And and yes, and when you talk about a scene like that where the flatbed miraculously lands down, and he miraculously uses a tow truck flatbed to use it as a ramp and fly and fly into the sky, land perfectly, and not ruin his car. That. No, he didn't ruin his car. Yeah. yeah well, oh, you're right. You're right. He did. You're right. The 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 side mirror and stuff. Um, but that is where the fun is, right? And seeing Nick Cage do all of that stuff is so cool. And I think this is why it's it's hilarious. This movie's a 2000 comes out in 2000, so it's honestly the tail end of Nicolas Cage's like amazing action career like this the heart of his meat and potatoes action movies from face off to the rock to you know um con air things of that nature so uh how do you like this like as far as where it sits in his career uh i don't think it's i think it's like middle of the pack because i just know he's done better acting performances in a lot of movies for sure but it might be one of his most pure entertaining films like a movie that is just like um classic entertainment this is kind of like a movie that would exist before the fast and the furious films for sure, you know, I, I, got I got pumped into steroids, right? These movies, yeah. like, I honestly, I think this movie succeeds more today because, and I know I say this a lot every week, but it succeeds more today because they we don't see movies like this anymore. Because For sure, all, I, all of the I, movies I just, we see are big tentpole, major blockbusters, and this is just like a solid action movie. I found myself thinking, like, I wish, like, Fast and the Furious, like like did something like this in one of their movies like it would it would you know what i mean rather than going right, to space like, right like actually like took it semi seriously but yet still having fun with the sheer besides the first one yeah yeah right with the sheer thrill of it all i mean yeah i mean like and looking at his so from 96 96 the rock 97 con air 97 face off then he does Snake Eyes and Eight Millimeter, which are De Palma. I think is Eight Millimeter Verho. It's Joel Schumacher, um, and then he does Bringing Out the Dead with Scorsese, which is amazing. And then he does Gone in sixty seconds in two thousand, and that's kind of his la- his last sort of like really like pure, um, you know, Golden Sunset muscle movie. Right, like The Rock, yeah, Con Air, and Gone in sixty seconds makes a really solid Nick Cage triple feature. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, I have to. I'm looking at it now. I mean, I think like, uh, 
I don't know. I have to think about like how I want to rank against some of these because this one sits high in 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 like in my opinion. But like he's got a lot of pretty good ones. But as far as like somewhere in between, like a mix of like he did a pretty good job and his quirkiness. He's not over the top quirky, but like you know, uh, it's a I don't know. I think it's it's pretty good in as far as like his uh, Rolodex of movies. So yeah. um, I think it is a good job. I, I did want to talk about it, but he does definitely does the quirk. There's a few scenes that I really enjoyed in this one. The one I was talking about earlier when he's trying to figure out where Eleanor is, he goes to like the top flight dealership and he plays a character and it's just absurd. He's just like, right. he's like the deal. The, the, uh, the broker is like, my name's Roger. And he was like, my name's Roger too. Two Rogers don't make her right. And then he was like, <laughs> yeah, talking. Then he was like, in L.A., you know, all these pompous assholes have this car. What would I be if I had a GT five hundred? And the guy was like, you wouldn't be a pompous asshole, sir. You would be a connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would not be a self indulgent wiener, sir. It would be a connoisseur. Precisely. Champagne would fall from the heavens, doors would open, velvet robes would par. <laughs> and then uh, there's just one other moment where he's like putting on a jacket or a helmet or something. And, he, and Nick Cage is like, I am a bad man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he does. What about even like the moment where he's like, um, uh, he's there's oh, one the end, la- he's. Yeah, I stole 50 cars in one night. I'm a little tired, a little wired, and I think I deserve a little appreciation. Yeah, and he was like, well, the book on the book on her is uh, 80. Uh, you know, <laughs> you, you're going to give us 200? Take 80 from book on her 60. We'll do 80. Take 80 from 120. We'll make a deal. From 200, we'll make a deal. We'll give us 120. We'll make a deal. That's when he was up for 72 hours. Yeah. And, uh, and he's know. clearly, you know, on fumes. Yeah. Uh, so uh yeah, so but you're right and it's interesting too though because when we look at our this is our second Nicolas Cage movie yep. uh on Scene Stealers and when you look at a movie like The Trust where he is definitely going all the way with that performance, Agreed. right? And that's yep. the difference between that and this. This performance he's he allows himself to get a little nutty but not too much because he knows his character is Super cool, right? He's like he's trying to play a cool dude, and he pulls that off here, which I like, I don't yeah. think Nick Cage can always do, and that's you know. I want to know thing. like who first allowed him to to be him because it's like a unique thing where he's just like quirky and uh, above the top. He's very charismatic, and at some point uh, he probably just let it, let it rip and. Like yeah. while they were doing it and then they just let it ride and then it and then it's like the rest of history. You know what I mean? Right. Well, honestly, I mean, you look at his career, dude. He's this is why, in my opinion, again, he I think he's a top five actor because he is always top five. Top five, dude. He's no all way. yes, he is always playing in the sandbox. <laughs> He no is a guy. Way. He is a guy who is always doing something different in every movie that he's in, and you cannot say, you cannot say that he doesn't go for it. He is a guy who is like taking the biggest swings 
and maybe I maybe top twenty five. I'd rather have a guy like this taking big swings than somebody again, not to pick on somebody, but somebody like Ryan Reynolds, in my opinion, who gives oh, the yeah, same performance not, yeah, yeah. over and over and over and over again. I don't want that. I want Nick Cage, and I and the and the difference between the trust and and Gone in sixty seconds is completely different. They're on two different sides of the spectrum of who he is as an actor. So again, I love it. I love what he does in this, and um, yeah, he's he's super cool. I, I have I had I think it's because my appreciation for Nick Cage as well has grown. That may be why this second viewing I enjoyed way much more than the first time I saw it. Yeah, that's fair. We're yeah. going to have to uh, refute that top five off live. We don't have no time for, to go through that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we know Denzel's up there. We know. We share that opinion. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> the ending, he drives it in like, I don't know. 15 minutes late and that's that scene we're talking about where he's freaking out trying to make a deal trying to make a deal talking about the the blue book on this is 60 we'll make it 80 you're gonna pay us 200 woo woo um and raymond (laughs) colitri like i get that you're like a hard ass you gotta set an example but like you made a deal for 50 cars elsewhere he got you 50 cars right i don't Maybe it's just like a sociopath thing. Like, why make a bigger deal than it is? Like, the car is busted up, but you could fix that. Hell, auto right. could fix that in a couple of days. Right. Um. So I, I just think, that. I just think like it was unnecessary. Uh. But then you know, again, if you're a sociopath, you might think otherwise. You might like that. That's your opportunity to go kill somebody. So right. And that's I think they were trying to make him out to be. So, um. He basically he's gonna kill uh, Memphis. He takes the place of Kip because Atlee said Kip had uh, skipped town, and then at the same time, everybody comes and tries to save Memphis. And there's a little, you know, 1990s uh, squirmish and like run and chase at the end of the movie. There's Memphis uh, running from Ray McAleechery. And and, uh, and uh, Delroy Lindo. Delroy Lindo. Yep, yep. Yeah, and the, you know it's Castle they're like they're like in the middle of a uh, a warehouse with like pipes and shit, and um and ultimately Kalitri almost kills Detective Castlebeck and uh, Old Man Swains with a good heart and has a good relationship with Hasselbeck saves his ass. Yeah, uh, and then you know all that comes back. You know, like some of our other movies, all that comes back and uh, the cop lets him go. He knows that he saved his life and uh, and so he lets him go. And he's like, go, Randall, go. Go before I change my mind. Yeah, Delroy is the man. I, like. I know you could. Well, and again, Delroy is the man because, again, he was... More so in on the chase than he was in on just also, not, on bringing anybody to justice, right? Yeah, pretty, and pretty cool. you know, I think the kinship with the car is part of it. He saved his life. Yeah, Delroy is just like for this role. I feel like is like, like I think you may have said it earlier. I think he's too good of an actor for that role. Right, right. I think he helps like you know 
for what it is. I think he helps make the the movie better. I think it's definitely part of why this totally. movie is better. You know, he almost like has no reason to like make that character as like charismatic and fun as it is. Honestly, so like you know, it, these are the type of things that show. Well, one, Delroy Lindo's an actor that hasn't been given enough opportunities. He should have gotten an Oscar for um for The Five Bloods. Yep. I, I digress. But um yeah, he, he's he's yeah. the type of actor that like just crushes anything he's really in. So it's not a surprise that he's great, but I just think like he's clearly having him and Cage are having a lot of fun here. And I think again I'll say that over and over again. That's why I have had a great, fun watching it. They have a great chemistry together. I think that's yeah. part of it. So, yeah. Um, um, I, I'm looking up um, Gone in 60 Seconds. It it was given a negative review by Roger Ebert. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be shocking to our audience. It has a 25% tomato meter. It has. absurd. But it has a seventy-seven percent audience score, so clearly it is the kind of movie that has been either reevaluated by people who watch it today, and the more casual f- fan and casual viewer enjoyed it more than critics did at the time. Uh, and and even in Roger Ebert's review, I believe he said that it was the type of movie that he knew would be played over and over again on cable TV. And that's well, really what it became, right? I, I think it hits like that perfect middle zone of what you're talking about. Like if you're a critic and you're wanting to like uh big it up arc for, for some things as like on its face as a movie that like could be better. Maybe it's like something missing. I'm sure you could do that. Right. Um, and, and you may do that. But like if you're uh if you're not trying to do that and you just want something that's entertaining, then absolutely the score is gonna be higher. Like if you're not trying to like not 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 necessarily pick it apart, but if you're trying to like if you're a critic and you're trying to evaluate it, like there are things that you can you can you can pick apart a little bit and and um see where there's flaws, but like right. man, if you're just looking for an enter- entertaining watch, like the score is absolutely going to go up. So I, I could see the difference there and why this, the audience score is higher. Right. Yeah. And, and like, I look at some of his movies like the rock and um, obviously face off or con air, maybe not. This might be right in step black step with con air, not quite on the same level as the rock or um, face off. It's not even close to those two, but still, uh, nails, nails the, uh, the fun factor. And I know that that's kind of a cop out or an easy way to like, like you said, it's an easy way to claim that a movie is just fun, right? Like it's usually what you want it to do, but, uh, yeah, this movie holds up over time. Honestly, I I don't think it's a cop out. I mean, I'm, I'm positive that, uh, anyone that funds movies or makes movies would love to have like this, to have the, the audience like feel this way about their movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least as like, as far as like how fun and entertaining it is. So, right. Well, and before we get to sort of our, our final takes and our, our fall guys, 
Roger Ebert's closing quote of his review, closing paragraph of his review, movies like this are what they are. Gone in 60 Seconds is prodigious use of money and human effort to make a movie of no significance whatsoever in which the talents of the artists are subordinated to the requirements of the craftsman. Witnessing it, you get some thrills, some chuckles, a few good one-liners, and after 119 minutes are regurgitated by the theater, not much the worse for wear. Honestly, that's not necessarily a bad thing sometimes. I agree. Be. I mean, and when you get when you get Nick Cage and Delroy Lindo, that's that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree. Why don't we go to the fall guy where we, uh, I mean, you pick something that didn't quite work for us in this movie. So I can see you're chomping at the bit. So uh, <laughs> you go ahead and go first. Well, well, look, my fall guy this week is not a fall guy, not a fall, fall gal. Um, my fall guy is the very uh, concept and the... Um, Activity, I guess you'd call it, or necessity that is sleep. I <laughs> am making sleep the fall guy in this movie because none of the characters in this movie get it. They all needed it. This movie needed to have one moment where maybe somebody was lying in bed half asleep and that would have satisfied me. But the fact that I never see anybody going to bed. We rarely see the sunrise and sunset in this movie as well, which is also like kind of confusing. <laughs> it seems like it's always nighttime until the final sequence. So, yeah. So my fall guy, the one thing that just didn't work for me was that was the fact that I just didn't understand how they were functioning when I didn't see any of them go to sleep. And I know that that is like a a dumb nitpick of a movie, but. If you're going to be stealing that many cars in 24, 48 hours, you probably need to get some rest so that you're energized and ready to go the next day. So sleep, man. Everybody in this movie needed to get at least 60 seconds of sleep. <laughs> I think that's a fair one. I like that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I think I refuted that pretty well earlier on. I, I, I think you did too, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, my fall guy is the big bad wolf, Raymond Kalitri. Um, yeah, it's a good one. Loved his accent, uh, but he didn't really bring that much more to the table. At the end of the day, like the crux of his issue was that you know, I get you have a rep and you want to kill people if they don't abide by like what you asked them for. Right. The crux of his issue was he made a promise to somebody to steal these 50 cars. I I asked for 50 cars. I need 50 cars. Um, and he got them. That's the thing. He got them. He didn't need to kill anybody. Right. You know, I think even narcissists got to got to like show a little bit of mercy. And not only that, you know, Memphis is willing to make a deal. You take 80 from 200, you give us 120 and we make a deal. Right. Um, so I think you got to be a little flexible if you're, if uh, you're Raymond Kalitri, because guess what? They got a whole freaking crew, 
And if you make trouble with one person, like you're probably going to have trouble elsewhere. So why bring that to your door if you're going to be in an operating uh, bad man uh, and you want to do more business? Also, the rains, uh, the Memphis and Kip rains are like probably the only crews in town that steal cars. So what are you going to do after this? So I think uh, Raymond Kalishri, extremely short-sighted. Um, he let his uh, sociopathic nature get the best of him. So that's my fall guy. It's just bad business. Bad business. Awesome. All right, you ready to go to the final take where we uh, mean you give our final rating? Um, and because we're a heist movie podcast, we give it out of bags of cash. And opposed to our um, other Ice Movie podcasts, we do it out of five. So I'm going to go first here. I don't want any uh, influence on you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or maybe you do. Maybe you want to influence my views more. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right, look. I mean, I'm the first one to admit that I have a, I have a soft spot in my heart for this movie. Watched it many times. There's not, there wasn't going to be a lot that you could do to me to where I could say something bad about this movie. I reached for the Raymond Kalitri, uh Fall Guy piece. Everything from the credits, um, Nick Cage killing it, all the side characters. Again, big actors in these side characters that do a good job. This movie probably shouldn't have been like as entertaining, as good as it was. But like when you have... Um, Robert Duvall as Otto in the garage, like that just like uh, helps elevate it. When you have Delroy Lendo as the cop and he's super freaking charismatic, that helps it. When you have Angelina Jolie as Sway, like, come on. The the whole cast like elevated this movie and then Nick Cage brought it home. That dude is so charismatic and he is a good actor. He's not in my top five, but he is a good actor. Um, and I actually thought, like, you know, the the pace of it, uh, again, once you started the heist and and the once yeah, you started the three days is very fast and directed well. There's some corny moments, no doubt, and, and some cheeky moments, no doubt. But I love it. I love the movie. I think it's a really, really good heist movie, too. The way it hits all the beats of any heist movie. Um you know the character, the the archetypes aren't as like set in stone as some are, but uh, man, you're not gonna convince me. Uh, you're not gonna convince me otherwise. This is not a, a really damn good heist movie, and you know this might be a little high, but I am okay with that. I'm gonna go four and a half Whoa. bags of cash. Yeah, nice. Okay, seconds. And, hey, man. And honestly, uh. You're lucky I didn't give it five. <laughs> hey, man, you like what you like, man. I totally respect that. All right. Uh, my final take. So, look, first of all, we're going to get my memory tested. We're going to see what's wrong, you know, what's going on <laughs> up here, because clearly I had seen this movie once and I didn't remember it. So, uh Gone in 60 seconds, man. And you know what? You brought something up in your final take that I do need to say. I think this is probably Dominic Senna's best film, one of his best movies that he's made. Uh, 
you know, I, yeah, sorry, uh, Van Helsing. So uh, I know that that <laughs> movie, you know, might have a place for other people. But okay, my final take on this is Gone in 60 Seconds is pure heist entertainment. You have a very big cast, a whole cast of actors that over the span of time have done so many great things, have done, gone on to do better things, have gone on to do bigger roles for themselves. Um, I do still think, I'm going to stand by what I said, that I still think Angelina Jolie and Robert Duvall, although the two of them are very charismatic in the moments that they have, felt like their characters could have been given a lot more to do in this movie than what they do. But nobody can defeat Nicolas Cage. So this movie has a lot of great energy, a cast that's a lot of fun. The last 30 minutes of car chases and car stealing is totally exciting and a lot of fun stuff. So yeah, give it to him, Leo. This is, this is a lot. This is a good time. Uh, not going to be, you know, the most perfect heist movie that we have or anything special, right? It's not, I wouldn't put it on the same level of a, a, a movie like Nine Queens or Point Break, right? Those movies just do great things. But this is a lot of fun. Always love Nick Cage. Four bags of cash Ooh, out of five. Okay, great. That's what I'm giving it. I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. It's higher than I initially thought you'd do. So. You know, I it was between three and a half and four, but I had so much fun talking about it with you. I had so much fun just with the cast, and uh, yeah, it's my guy Nick Cage, man. He he can't lose. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> man, this was fun. I I was like, I was I was waiting uh, to do this one. This is <laughs> Raymond Kalitri. I mean, the names Roland Castlebeck. So much fun. And a lot of one-liners. You know, ones we didn't even mention. Delroy Lindo. (laughs) You know, I know why you came back. Even you're saying, no, why Memphis came back. Brother's love is a brother's love. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe next time when this movie is on TBS, after a football game, I'll leave it on and I'll say, hey, that was the movie that Charles, you know, told me I have to give it. Give it a new look, and he was right. Yes, sir. Charles yes, sir. Ganey, Charles Ganey was right. You heard it here first on <laughs> Scene Stealers episode forty-two, right? Our Jackie Robinson episode. Yeah, Jackie Robinson episode. Yeah, so, Love um, it. as always, we appreciate everybody for listening. Um, catch us on all platforms. Uh, rate and review us if you can. Uh, give us five five stars. Um, catch us on Instagram, Scene Stealers Pod, and on Twitter at underscore scene sealers underscore um we are loving this still we're going to continue cranking them out um continue with the archetypes continue with the interviews and uh continue to have fun so um yeah uh anything from a movie guy to plug uh just you know check out my coverage from fantastic fest tons of cool movies that i saw 
Uh, I'll have a whole bunch of reviews getting pumped out. And in the next few weeks, we're getting ready for the Chicago International Film Festival, which is coming up soon and which I will be covering. And uh, I will have tons of interviews, including one with uh, the director, Jen Wexler, and also the director, Joe Lynch. And Joe Lynch's new film, Suitable Flesh, has Heather Graham and Barbara Crampton in it. And I can't wait uh, for people to see that interview. So, yeah, be sure to check it all out. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Um, anything else? That's it, man. It's been a good one, man. Let's ride. Let's ride. <laughs>